Hope y'all had a good time. I went down to Virginia to see my parents. They just got a new place down there. So through the kids in the car, through the dogs. It was a great time. And you know what? When you go on these missions, when you're, when you're a content creator, you're, you're always looking for that next great piece of content. Unfortunately, I happened to find it right when I came back to Chattanooga, right at the Loves over here. Take a look at this. A right the strap work live and in living color was right in front of me. This guy right here, he says he's got his car in tow. Look at that on the back there. He's got the top of, what is that, a Toyota Tacoma sitting on the bed of the truck. Bunch of bikes for his kids. Steven Tittle says, when I see the in tow duct tape to the back car, it's usually a group of 10 or more running up I-10. These guys running packs. It looks like a lone wolf up in Chattanooga. Uh, Pat Roach says, saw many of these in my days working at the scrapyard. I would get pulled over for half of this, but somehow these continue. He's a truck driver. He's like, D.O.T., where are you at? Where are you at, man? Justin Shepard says, I don't know about the strap work, but I'll bet that red Toyota on top and the back still runs. You can almost make out the, uh, you can, you almost can't make those Tacomas quit. Uh, Andrew Teal, oh man, I used to have a Toyota like that, that, like that red one, Gutless Wonder. Missed that truck a ton in San Antonio, says, uh, Ever see one of these uh, turd trains pulled over by DOT? Yeah, me neither. Before we get into things, my buddy Michael Lombard, he's also a truck driver, he posted a pretty good thought of the day. Here's something to consider. He said, most of my friends who aren't truckers who have been laid off have received a generous severance package, recommendations, referrals, and at least a little notice. Truckers for small and medium-sized carriers have been laid off this year by being abandoned up to 1,000 miles from from home in a motel with no paycheck. Who advocates for them? Let's think about that one. On the show today, we're talking about trucking's biggest myth, the driver shortage. That's right. Is that 80,000 drivers needed number nothing more than a PSYOP? Super trucker Justin Martin is breaking down the numbers behind the number. Shanker, dedicated service groups, Eugene Tissen, he shares his perspective on global trade. We're talking about poor automation, electrification, the freight market, bringing babies to the office, and anything else I feel like throwing at him. We got Toby Bogard on. He's in pre-production on a brand new trucking movie starring the one and only Kevin Costner. We'll find out how this two million mile driver turned writer got his script for Dismatch, Dispatch Me Home off the dock. Musician Cracker Box Jimmy, he's going to debut his latest single, My Old Guitar. He's going to share some tales from the road as well. Fuel Man, they're here. They're empowering fleet fuel carts. Keegan Russo, Ashley Summer, they're going to share strategies on how to get the most out of your fuel cart. Plus, we got doing dishes in a truck, surviving a blowout, getting struck by lightning, cupcake stealing bears, and a whole lot more. So let's get to it before we run out of time. First, got to tip the ban. Supply chain challenges are not always easy, but the commitment from the team at Donovan Logistics to take on that responsibility is unwavering. Donovan, logistically speaking, they're at the center of it all. Visit them at Donovan.com. But right now, we're going to visit with Eugene Tyson, CFO over at Schenker Dedicated Services Group. Hello, my man. It's been, it's been too long. We've seen you on LinkedIn all the time, but now you're like live and in the flesh. Yes, thanks. And... Um... Actually, Boris the Meme King introduced us to each other. Yes, well, I mean, Boris is a man who bridges everybody together through the ceremony of laughter and text on humorous images. Yes, but uh, he's kind of an 
im ähm, Meme We Got Creator for Content and uh, I, I really enjoyed it and uh, I think especially during Corona everyone realized that supply chain is sexy. You know, before it was more of a tech companies and everything else, but uh, during uh, Corona, we all realized that toilet paper is not supply chaining itself. No, it's not. Or it's... pasta. Yeah, it's not. And uh, once you have a shortage, um, it's it's obvious to, to queue behind the truck on the highway, but it's more obvious if you in a retail shop and missing something. So I think it really became a mainstream topic as well because before people were more chatting about the weather and like complaining about our stuff but supply chain all of a sudden became huge mainstream yeah and, I, and I really like it because uh, people want to know where you're, you're where are you coming into us from are you coming from germany yes uh i'm i'm coming from germany but uh i i'm uh, i'm an immigrant so i immigrated 1994 to germany so it's uh already a long time here and um uh, Uh, I, I spent a year as well in in US, but uh, in Detroit. So it was a nice time, but it was in an uh, automotive industry, of course, because you know Detroit. Sure. There, there is a lot of automotive around, uh, and one year in Slovakia, so in Eastern Europe. But um, I, I most stumbled into logistics, more or less. So before I was working for aut automotive and. Um, You've seen supply chain companies as the other side of a fence, but you've never been into like ins and outs and uh, all the risks and issues. You you just enjoyed the service, and uh, the less you realize that something is happening, the happier you've been. And that's why I became curious about like, okay, let's try in supply chain. And so I'm here for 13 years. Wow. But um, I'm a I'm less of a trucking guy, so I'm more more for finance guys so i'm more into counting the trucks and uh, the bottom and the top line so um i, I like the trucks but i'm more like uh, the figures and the data behind it well eugene this is just a uh, like our, our show is just a vulgar pun we cover plenty of global trade that's my background i come from fedex uh, trade networks dealing with global trade and i had a few questions for you about that but we'll start with trucks one thing here in the u.s that is controversial there's a lot of back and forth a lot of fighting can it be done is it the right way to go is electrification in europe is that as big an issue electric trucks what is the progress that is happening with electric trucks there there is a lot happening and i think it's it's becoming a mainstream as well but um let me put it in, into perspective because i think esg as such so environment social and um, governance topics are becoming more important And you see it especially for some customers that are asking you to have certain kind of certifications or to fulfill only a maximum of uh, certain uh, combustion engines uh, while you're driving for them. So, you know, recently customers are asking, okay, what's the percentage of uh, diesel and which, uh, how old are the engines that you are using for driving the stuff? I think that's pretty, pretty new to us. So, Things are happening, and of course, you need to team up because this is an uh, uncharted waters for for a lot of companies. And um, on the other hand, and I think that's that's the right direction. You need to ask yourself how is the customer pushing for this. So, are the customers pushing because of reduction of their own CO2 footprint? Is it a necessary thing? And what are we willing as well um, to to bring into the equation? Because Uh, you know, it's a it's a whole supply chain, and it, it involves um, a lot from all 
all of us. Uh, for me, as a finance person, it comes with a, let me say, a toll or additional requirement. It's not enough only to report your normal financial figures. You need to think about how do you include environment and especially electrification of your fleet or of a fleet of your subcontractors um, into the daily life and uh, into business decisions. So that's, uh, I would say that's, that's a change, but from an infrastructure perspective, there is a lot of things that needs to be done. Because I think we we all used to to the normal um, gas stations. We're not really used to charging uh, of trucks, parking of trucks, and uh, all of that. But uh, I had the pleasure. I think it's already two years ago to have a seat in an electric truck. It's it's closer to a Tesla than to a regular truck. So this is really a different look and feel. And I think this is where the um, truck production companies try to get us. So it's it's not only a different engine, but it really looks and feels so much different. So it's closer to a um, Tesla cockpit or to a real I- iPad or <laughs> yeah. no full full display when it when it is to to a regular to a regular truck. I I I, I used to sit in like a 16 year old. So it's a, 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 a very different thing. The but inside, I, I, I like it. And well, I, I, I was, like was going to say the inside of that Tesla semi. It reminds me of a disposable razor container. It is so unesthetically pleasing. If you actually like what the inside of a truck looks like, yes. it's just all plastic and two iPads glued yes. there, and it, it could not yes. be any yes. more yes. boring. Yes. But I mean, maybe it, they'll they'll gush that up a little bit. Here's something that's really cool because electrification still coming to be super viable. I know you get some port runs and everything, but I want to talk to you about automation. I know you've gotten excited about automation and AI, especially recently. So I'm going to show you a video really quick, and we'll talk about it. Roll this tape. Hey, uh, Elon. Is my Cybertruck going to be able to do this right here? Check it out. It's going to do a little crab walk here. Look at that. So you're going to see there's just one here, but there's a whole bunch. Look and there's that. all this traffic they got ran up. I believe this is at Long Beach Container Terminal that we're seeing this video from. Look at that right there. Absolutely incredible, Mr. Musk. Oh, yeah, I can see my Cybertruck doing that right there. Now, are your ports a lot more automated than ours here in the U.S.? We are just starting to get there, and there's always fights over it with the, with the, with the long no, shots. I, I think it's the same in Europe. It's just starting. And uh, I think you're bringing up a, a great point because 80% of, of everything, just look around in the room you're sitting in, 80% of all stuff was shipped. So 80% of everything goes via ocean freight. And imagine... That's a humongous volume. So if you really want to automate and to nourish those efficiencies, you start, of course, in ocean freight because this is where the goods are moved and tons of them are moved. So I think that's the right thing to do. Um, But of course, you know, it it always comes with a toll of uh, new technologies needs to become more, more and more matured because uh, I recently seen this uh, documentation on, on Teslas and we, we all know it needs to be developed. So it's it's uh, it, it, it all dependent on data and data might be error prone. So if your maps are not out updated, if your maps are kind of not including the construction site in the middle of your port, you, you might get a crash and uh, we need to take care that the uh, health and safety is as well follow up. So it's um, it has a, a lot of ups, but uh, I think there is a long way to go. 
Yeah, well, I, do you think that there's ROI in it? Do you, do you see money? Do you see shippers saving money? Or do you see, uh, like, a DB Shanker saving money? Or are the ports going to pocket it all? You're the, you're the bean counter. Uh, I, I, I've... Well, I think the ports will keep it for them because you 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 know it like I do that ocean freight is right now in a in a dropping market. So we seen a great party for the last two years, but of course the party is over. So of course we would look out for new revenue streams or for new savings into their pocket. So I think the Q1 results of a lot of companies been disclosed to a publicly traded and uh, so or if you look at the um, Shanghai containerized index you see it it's it's going do- down it's normalizing but it as well has has to do with our with our own habits like consumers so of course corona is over and a lot of supply chain squeeze is going down as uh, the consumption is going down as well a new report but I I was going to ask you how, how, how this one's impacting. There, there's a new report that, o- that ocean container lines are moving at their slowest ever. One of the reasons is those financials you just talked about. So they captured a ton of market. They remember those 20, 25,000 rates we couldn't stop talking about. Now those have all come down. Contract rates are actually, I think they're down 27.5%. There's just a report that, that said that. Huge drop down. Spot rate had already dropped down. Now they're slow steaming. Slow steaming is a trick. Steamship lines pull. So if you can't you know, tarp the seats yeah. at your baseball stadium you know, because you don't have enough fans coming, what you do is you, you take a pass by moving really slow. Have you seen any impact from that yeah. yet? Um, well, le- let's let's put it way. Uh, blank sailings the last two years been pretty high. Blank sailings, right? So meaning the ships are not living on schedule. Uh, blank sailings right now are more normalizing. So I, I I think that's definitely happening. And like you said, we see it already in the financials in a, a Q1 of 2023 for shipping companies, freight lines, um, and. Um, I, I think it's as well normal because uh, they did invest it into a new capacity, but the new capacity is not something that it just easily can be. You cannot just build a ship. So even if you have the money, it takes time to build a ship. And it needs time to update your facilities, your ports. So that's nothing of a six-month project. Those things happening over a stretch of time. Um, but in, in in the end, we we as a consumer are part of the equation. So if we consume more, of course, more more things are, needs to be shipped via ocean. If we consume less, so it's slowing down, so it's stalling. Um, uh, but I still think that uh, you know, compared on a stretch of the last seventy years, if you imagine, container is one of the biggest inventions we've seen in ocean freight or in logistics as such. And it's like from 1950s. So what are like what are the more recent things? So it's it's not really, you know, I, I'm I'm kind of missing those exciting things. So container was of a blast of invention, but it's from 1950s. Now we 80 80 years down the road. Of course, we have all those automations like you 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 showed in your video. But uh, is it that huge like the invention of container shipping? I would say the ROI of containerization was the biggest one, and I'm I barely see something which is comparable to it. Wow! Now here's the lightning question before I let you go. This is the most important question I'm going to ask you, and I'm giving you the shortest amount of time to answer it. Though, babies at the office, what's the ROI? Well, 
we we tried it a couple of months ago. We had a we had a, a one of our team meetings, and uh, we had a colleague. Uh, she had a I think two months old son. Um, it it makes sense. We wanted her to participate. Um, she didn't have a backup, uh, so it's necessary. On the other hand, uh, sto story from from my side. Um, when I when I remember back when I told my supervisor I'm I'm uh, I'm going uh, 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 I'm going to have a wedding, uh, the comment was, "Oh, it's okay, you're not going to be pregnant." <laughs> um, I think the times nowadays are a bit different, so it's very um, common, I would say, that uh, fathers go on parental leave as well, and this requires babies in the office. So my, my daughter's been to the office as well, and they enjoyed the canteen and got some free chocolate. <laughs> Maybe we've been bribed by the chocolate, so I don't know. I like that you have a canteen. That's really cool. Hey, you, you got Herbio gummy bears in there? Those are my, those are my thing. Those are mine, man. And over in Germany, yes. they're probably, yeah. They're probably yeah, we, we, we do have gummy bears, yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. No substitute. Hey, thank you so much for coming on the show today. People want to connect with you. Where do I send them to? Yeah. Um, LinkedIn or just mail me. Oh, I'm I'm always uh, a fan of uh, Boris his memes or oh, yeah. Radu, his insights and his podcast. So find find him in the where, comments. Whatever logistic is happening, I'm here. Yeah, uh, find me. In find the him in the comments of Boris uh, Boris memes yeah. on LinkedIn. Thank you so much for coming on today. Have a great Wednesday. Thank you. Thank Take you. care. Have a good. All right. Meanwhile. <laughs> to be expected. All right, Keegan Russo and Ashley. Whoa, that, that was worth another look. Keegan Russo and Ashley Summer over at Fuelman are here. Hello, folks. Welcome back to the show. Hey, thank you for having us. Uh, Ashley, let's start with you. Introduce yourself to our lovely audience here. Sure. I'm happy to be here. Ashley Summer. I am the vice president of product for North America Local Fleet and Fuelman. Cool. And, and Keegan, Thanks for having me. Uh, happy to have you, Keegan. How about yourself? And also explain a little what Fleet Corps and Fuelman do in case uh, people haven't caught you last time you were here. Sure. Yes. Keegan Russo. I'm the president of the North America local group here at Fleet Corps, uh, which includes the Fuelman network. Uh, Fleet Corps is probably, you know, maybe one of the biggest B2B fintech players that no one's ever heard of. Right. So, you know, two big segments, AP and vendor payments. Uh, which goes to market under the, the brand name of CorePay uh, and fleet and, and mobility uh, solutions, which includes fleet cards, tolls, uh, and, and lodging. Uh, Fuelman is the biggest line of business. We're focused on uh, SMB and midsize local fleets uh, with, you know, going to market as, as both Fuelman and ComData, actually. So, Ashley, you know, if you heard my conversation before we came on with Eugene, we touched on electrification, especially some of the issues in the U.S., some of the issues over in Europe. And, you know, there's a, it's a big confusing time for a lot of fleets. But as it seems like we may be moving away from fuel, where do you all fit in? Yeah, so we fit in in empowering businesses like UPS, Coke, waste management, um, some of those larger um, enterprises, all the way down to family landscape businesses with maybe one or two trucks, some of the smaller size. Um, and even though, um, you know, you were just talking about the electrification, um, there still obviously is a need for managing the fuel um, expenses as well as maintenance expenses. And we want our customers to have that peace of mind when their drivers leave with the company vehicles. Um, 
so that their drivers are fueling and spending uh, the company's money how that they want them to. They want them to fuel um, at the right places, buying the right fuel um, at the right times. And um, we do this through providing our customers with controls and reporting and efficiencies in managing their fleets. Very, very cool. Keegan, all that sound good to you? Yeah, no, it sounds great. And, and the way that I think about it, just from a strategic standpoint, is you, we have a very long window here of, of mixed fleets, right? And we're at the very beginning of uh, a time period where, you know, we're just dipping, fleets are just dipping their toe in the water of electrification, right? So the next 20, 30 plus years, the majority of those fleets will be on a journey where they're going to have both internal combustion engine vehicles uh, as well as, as electric vehicles. And one of the, the places where we're investing the most energy and, and research and product development uh, is in creating products and services that will really uh, lower the complexity threshold of managing those two different asset classes for for, for large fleets. So, you know, we have uh, an EV team here domestically. Uh, we also have a large group that's been uh, working and, and selling uh, and servicing EV fleet payments products in the UK and Western Europe for the last half dozen years. Uh, so, you know, we're, uh, we're really focused on you know, anticipating a lot of the problems that fleet managers right now aren't even really thinking about as they transition into uh, electrification of their fleets uh, and being out in front of that and, and a clear leader in the clubhouse there. Well, very cool. Well, Ashley, let, tell me something here then. What sets you apart? There's other fuel cards out there. There's other fuel management companies. So what makes Fuelman any different? Yeah, so um, I'll touch on a couple points. I've already mentioned the controls and reporting that we pr provide to um, allow our clients to uh, make their fleets more efficient. Um, but a couple of things that um, set us apart is we have some features that we offer around um, authorizing the fuel card at the pump based on where the driver is. Um, we had a customer report once that they were formerly having challenges passing through fuel expenses to their customers um, for certain jobs until they leverage this feature that we offer, um, for proximity. Um, and they were able to verify where each truck was to prove that the fuel was purchased, um, for that vehicle for a customer specific job. So they were able to, um, use the data that we provide them to prove those charges and pass it on to their customers. Um, and the second point that I'll bring up is that, um, and Keegan touched on this uh, around the, the future from a strategy around electrification, but we also have right now a solution for um, Clean Advantage, which is our sustainability solution. And it allows um, our clients to balance their fuel cards to manage their fuel controls, but then also the environmental impact. So we'll actually calculate their carbon footprint for their fleet and offset it through other projects such as reforestation, renewable renewable energy, or other similar car carbon offsets. Now, Keegan, before I let you guys, guys go, any tips for our drivers and fleets out there on how to maximize the most they can get out of their fuel cards? Yeah, I, at first, I, I want to call out that we're big uh, Tears of the Kingdom fans over here. Uh, so I saw the shirt. So we have that going for us. You know. Got to represent. We're at the last mission, me and the kids. We have to slow down and do some side missions now. We can't just go. We got we to we pull it back a little bit. 
We'll have to talk offline because I feel like we're at the same place. We're saving that last region so that yeah. we can uh, we can power up a little bit with the, with the girls. So, um, but no, I, I would add that um, I think the the fuel man network is a competitive advantage that we have that allows our our drivers to really uh, save at the pump uh, and get tighter controls than you know, other. Uh, other options are are able to to offer. So the Fuelman network has about sixty two thousand sites nationwide. It's a it's a limited discount network essentially, uh, where we're driving savings on both the diesel and the unleaded side. Uh, about eight thousand different merchants. You know, it's wherever across the the country that you need it to be. Big nationwide merchants like Exxon Mobil, Chevron, Speedway, uh, as well as some just great premier regional destinations like your Wawa's, Royal Farms, uh, Quick Trip, Racetrack, um, and, and those sort of uh, just kind of local network uh, merchants. And, you know, I, I think that's that really sets us apart uh, in we're able to deliver kind of lower prices by virtue of the fact that we're a limited network and we have kind of different economics to play with than, uh, uh, you know, a, a MasterCard or a Visa option. Uh, but we're also uh, wide enough and have enough sites that we can cover more uh, you know, more options geographically. Cool. Well, how do people reach out and learn more? So check out the products on fuelman.com. Uh, if anyone has questions, feel free to find me on LinkedIn, Keegan Russo, uh, and I'd be more than happy to to talk more. Very cool. Well, hey, I'll see you stomping around Hyrule out there. Thank you guys for stopping by today. <laughs> Sounds I appreciate good. it. Take care. All right, everybody. Speaking of stomping around, let's look elsewhere. See a beer right a bear right here. News nine reports a black bear in a Connecticut town apparently has quite the sweet tooth. Surveillance footage from Taste by Spellbound in Avon shows the bear strolling into the bakery's open garage door and snagging a box filled with cupcakes before devouring most of them. Taste by Spellbound, they wrote on Facebook, they said, this is the video you've all been waiting for. A few facts. No bears will be harmed. They have not hurt anyone and will be okay. No need to worry. The video is 10 minutes. They had to cut it down to 30 seconds. So yes, all the facts will, uh, will be put out there. Was our door up because we were, why was our door up? Because we were about to make our deliveries. We're not that irresponsible. Uh, they are more scared of us than we are of them. We all have had a good laugh about it at this point. Hey, bears are cute. Police officers, fortunately, when the bear was, was already gone, so the cops didn't come, environmental didn't come and shoot the bear like they sometimes do. So this guy got his cupcakes, he got away, and got to lay in the woods. So good on you, bear. Anyways, send us the hard stuff. That's what Dunavant Logistics says. When you run into that really challenging logistical nightmare that keeps you up at night, call the good folks over at Dunavant. They make headaches disappear. Go ahead and visit them at Dunavant.com. But right now, why don't we visit with Mr. Crackerbox Jimmy. What is up, Jimmy? You look beautiful today. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. So do you. How are you? Good I'm doing you. Awesome. I'm doing awesome. Hey, tell our audience a little bit about yourself. You've been a longtime truck driver, have you not? Oh, boy. Yes, I have. I started driving in 80, whew, 82 when I was 19. Um, as soon as I hit 21 years old and was old enough to do it, uh, got out and Went cross country and drove over the road for a long time. Um, three million plus accident free miles. Uh, gave it up, you know, but started driving all those old trucks and, you know, roads weren't in that good shape. And, you know, the trucks were a little rattly, kind of rode a little rough, kind of beat me up. But um, 
yeah, it learned from it and really enjoyed it and had a great time. Loved loved most of the minutes out on the road. You know, you get a little bit uh, things that you, uh, you know, difficult situations. But it was a lot of fun. Learned a lot. And uh, now I, uh, I just play play my guitar and sing about it, write some songs, cover some old trucking tunes. Um, just having fun, thinking about it, telling the story. We're about to world premiere one of your songs, the debut of it. But before we do, tell us a little bit about this song. What's the new album about? Why'd you write this one? Well, this, uh, this is the first single off of a new album, and I, do, I record them right here in my house. So... Um, what it, this song is called My Old Guitar, and it's about, uh, well, when, when I first went cross-country, I threw my 12-string in the seat of the guitar, and uh, everywhere I went, whenever I'd stop that truck, I'd play my old guitar. Um, it was just my companion. It was a way for me to uh, record the, you know, to make a record of what I saw and where I'd been so I wouldn't forget it, kind of tell the story of my life out on the road and the people and the places that I saw. And uh, this is kind of a, uh, the song is an overview of that, talks directly about it. That's what it's about. Well, why don't we take a listen to it? The world premiere. Oh, sure. Woo! Cracker Box Jimmy, <laughs> brand new track. <laughs> Beautiful. Where can people hear the full version of that track? I, I, I believe it's not even out yet. No, it comes out tomorrow. Um, it'll, it'll actually be available at 12.01 a.m. wherever you happen to be on, uh, on most streaming services. Anything, anything uh, that you use to stream music, you'll be able to find it tonight at midnight. And the rest of the album, I'm going to put it out... Oh, um, late July, I believe, is the target date for it to come out. So I'm looking forward to that. I've got uh, that song, my old guitar will be on it. 
We've got a couple of songs about uh, getting to drive. Uh, always dreaming about driving trucks that I saw in the old Overdrive magazine. Chrome dash, chrome wheel, big cat engine, good 13 speed. Got a, a song coming out about that. And some songs about uh, some of the difficulties and some of the some of the tragic and difficult things you see out on the road. What's the? Uh, uh, just let a, me ask you. Just, hold on, let, let me ask you. What what is like? Yeah. What is one of those things you've seen out on the road? You get a story for us? Oh boy, um, coming up on accident scenes, you know, um, and pulling over and being first or second person on the scene and pulling people out of burning trucks. You know, this guy went off the side of the road, flopped it over on its side, and it caught on fire, and me and a couple other all hands uh, got out, got up there, and got the guy out before the cab went up. You know, just – and those things kind of leave a mark. Um, and it's uh, – I guess you can say it's kind of good therapy for me to just get that and talk about it, you know, get it out – Talk about the what I saw in the different places, and that's been kind of my my goal lately is just to tell the story of trucking. Um, there's everybody, everybody on the road has these stories, and and there's so much commonality to experience, uh, commonality of experience that uh, all these drivers have, and. To be able to sit down and tell that story and give all these different experiences a voice and record them for posterity, that's really what my, my goal with all of this music has been, is to kind of be a historian so we don't forget, um, so the drivers don't forget, so the new people coming up into the business know what it was like before we had GPS and before there was e-logs. Um, and just to collect for future, just to collect the stories and to tell them. And I found for me, the best way to do that is through song. It sounds like, well, you are a worthwhile bard. And that actually sounds a lot like <laughs> the plot of the next movie I'm going to be talking about with our, with our next guest, which is uh, <laughs> no, he's making, our next guest. He's a, he's a truck driver turned writer. He's making a movie with uh, Kevin oh, cool. Costner. Kevin Costner is a gentleman truck driver who is retiring and um, and I think it's about his last journey home. So I don't know. Maybe you can get one of your songs hmm. on that soundtrack. Jimmy, that I appreciate okay. you coming yes. on so much. The only thing I wish is we had more time. Unfortunately, we do not. But if I go on Spotify at 12.01, do I just type in Crackerbox Jimmy and that song is going to pop up? Yeah, you should be able to find it. Uh, find me on Spotify, Crackerbox Jimmy. Uh, you'll see my picture there and the other uh, songs that I've got out. Um, I would really be interested in hearing from people via email. You can catch me, email me at thecrackerboxjimmyshow at gmail.com. I would love to hear people's road stories. Maybe, maybe write a song about it. Yeah. Don't send him anything dirty, though, now that he's given his email. Up. Thank you, Jimmy. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. I appreciate it. The cowbell for you. Good uh, luck on the release tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. A pleasure to be here. Take it easy. All right. Well, what a, what a nice appetizer for our next segment here, because this movie sounds a, a little bit like that song we just heard. It's Toby Bogard. Now, I'm here to talk about his new movie, Dispatch Me Home. That is in pre-production right now. Toby, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. How are you today, Dooner? I'm doing, I'm doing awesome. We've had some great guests. We heard some great music from some 
Truck drivers, we've dealt with the topics of the day, and now we get to hear about something that there's just not enough of. I complain about this all the time. People go like, why is it hard to recruit drivers? And one of my contentions has always been, there hasn't really been a movie that's honored or portrayed a truck driver in an awesome or badass light since Over the Top with Lincoln Hawk back in, like, 1986 what did you have since you had candy cane in joyride you had liam neeson abusive to his mentally challenged brother in the ice road like it just hasn't been a good look you have to think what was that candy land with the with the rest stops it's been a tough market for truckers toby you know what it has and uh truth the matter is is uh dispatch me home is nothing like that dispatch me home is the feel-good movie that the trucking industry and quite honestly the country deserves right now. And right now we've got an award-winning script, man. It's doing awesome. It's been entered in some film festivals. It's brought home some awards. And that proves that not only does it have a domestic appeal, but a big international appeal as well. So I'm really thrilled to be a part of the project. So how did you get Costner on here? I saw the letter of intent. Uh, You know, it seems like it could be up his alley. I think that, you know, this would definitely appeal to the Costner fan base. Well, uh, there isn't a lock right now for the lead. Um, as you mentioned, there is a massive Hollywood star who is considering the role, but he has current obligations. After his current obligations are finished, more consideration will be given to it, but there is no solid lock for the lead right now. Yes, we do have the letter, as you mentioned, but that's not a lock. That's just saying, hey, I'm willing to look at it. Which, we had a- still yet, that's a big deal. Take me in your world. How does that work? Because you had to learn this yourself. You're a truck driver. You become a writer. How do you, uh, how do you go about pitching a script to get to this stage? You know what, man? Uh, I'm a part of a huge, hugely amazing team. Amazing team. Um, Joey Kent uh, has got over 30 years in the film industry. He's the script writer. Um, Greg Martin wrote the original story. Those are the executive producers. Um, so it, it's really... Me, I'm not the guy who goes to, you know, like the camp of the gentleman that we were speaking of a minute ago. Um, That's all done outside of me. And uh, Joey's the guy in the film industry. He's got the no and the no, and he's in the no. So, I mean, it's really a, a team effort. Like, for example, my part of it, the reason I was brought on, I was brought on as a script consultant, technical advisor. I actually do have a role in the movie, which um, I'm super thrilled about. But more so than that, it's um, it's a team effort, man. This is a great team of people I'm working with. And the hope is that, you know, the gentleman previously named does say yes. And if he does, then I believe we've got a hit on our hands. So how does it work now? You, you've got the script. You've got, you've got some names attached to it. Is this when you go shopping it to uh, the, that your producer goes and shops it to the people who are going to finance the actual film? Right now, we're wide open to, to uh, investment. Uh, we're wide open to possible product placement. We're wide open to promotion, marketing. We're wide open for everything. We're, we're willing to talk to anybody and everybody about it, see what folks have to say, see who's truly interested and wants to be a part of history. But it's pretty much that. You get the script. Um, you start looking at people that, you know, you trying to find somebody, you know, hopefully a big name that will attach themselves to it, which always helps promotion and production. And then, you know, you're in the process. You're looking for your, your financing. You find your financing. You start your casting. It's, it's a, a pretty long process, man. It's pretty involved. 
Is this a is this a love letter to to sort of your career as as a driver and the other drivers out there, especially the old school drivers? Oh, I was hoping you'd ask me something like that, man. Um, Dispatch Me Home is uh, it's a bridge. Sam, the, the lead character's name is Sam the Man Morris. Um, and Sam is an old school driver. He's been driving since '76. He's finally taken, you know, he's he's hanging up the keys. He's going home, and he's going to hang up the keys in 2016. He's he's a, a driver that his career spans four decades, and he literally is. He's that driver. He's the driver that pulls over on the side of the road to help somebody change a tire or help another driver out. Or he's the driver that if you've got a load that you've got to get there uh, safely and legally, he's the guy you know that you can depend on to get the job done. He, but more than anything else, he's a bridge between generations of drivers. He's one of the guys that's responsible for all the accessories and luxuries that we have nowadays in trucks full-size sleeper berths, cruise control. His generation of drivers is responsible for that. And so he's a bridge, and a generational bridge between drivers. Hey, this is what you had. This is what we started with, and look where you're at now. And he doesn't, he's not one of these guys that waves his flag and uh, anything like that and says, hey, give me credit. He's not like that. He's the ultimate gentleman driver. As I said, he's the driver's driver. But well, if you watch me home, I'm sorry? If you're looking for any extras, you know, your boy's sitting right here. Well, that's not up to me now. I, I can't make no promises. <laughs> Dispatch me home, though. You know, we were talking about how Sam is a bridge in generations. Yeah. The movie itself is a bridge. It's a bridge between the trucking industry and everybody else that really doesn't understand that trucking is not a job. Being a driver is not a job. It's not a career. It's a lifestyle. And we're people, too. We have highs. We have lows. We have moments of joy. We have moments of, of pain and sorrow. We're just like everybody else. And this is a way for the industry to express itself in a way that will bring a tear to your eye. It will make you laugh. It will make you cry. And you're going to leave feeling good that you spent two hours in a suspension of all of the chaos that's out there. And you got that feel-good moment you were looking for. You know what we also need? Like, we got horror on tap. Now you're making this sort of... Feel good drama, but we also we need like a comedy. We need like the airplane of trucking. Can't help you there, man. I really wish I could, but you know what? You never know what this may lead to. You no, never know. Yeah, we need we need we need the genre. We we need to bring in uh, more more humor. Maybe it could just be like a cartoon of Boris Panov's memes or something. I'm not I'm not exactly sure. Well, there's there, there's there's some laughs in the movie. You know, along the way with Sam, we're gonna meet some old friends. Yeah, we're gonna tell some stories. We're going to make some new friends and make some new memories and share some memories. This is, this is the story of when I first started driving 22 years ago, Sam is the guy that when I went into a truck stop, because back then we used to sit down and have a meal at the end of the day, you know, and all of us would sit around and jaw around the horseshoe at the truck stop or whatever, shout across the restaurant. You know, that's just how we were. And Sam's the guy that you'd hear go, yeah, I've been out here 20 years and that's the kind of guy when I was new, I'd walk up to and say, hey, I'll buy you a cup of coffee if I can ask you some questions. I'm new. That's the guy you wanted to mentor you. This, this, to me, yes, yeah, Sam's a fictional character, but I guarantee you there are hundreds, possibly thousands of Sam the Mans out there on the road mentoring new drivers. And that's awesome to me, man. No, that, that is really awesome. So if people want to learn more about this, 
they want to support the project, where do I send them to? Well, our website is uh, dispatchmehome.net. And uh, anyone can find me on social media, and I will be more than happy to direct them to the executive producers who can give them a lot more information uh, if they're really serious. I have no, that's, that's what I'm here for, man. I'm here to help. Uh, this movie is a passion project for me. I, I have a serious emotional attachment to it. And I, more than anything, you know, I want to see this succeed. And because I believe, I believe in the movie. I believe in this industry. I believe in the team. And more than anything else, I believe in people. And I think this is the movie that people need right now. Well, hey, a little cowbell for you, Toby. Thank you so much for joining us on What the Truck today. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. I appreciate the help. Take it easy. All right, man. All right, one last guest here. And now we're getting into the meat. We're getting in. I just hung up on myself, man. I haven't heard that in the in a while. All right, <laughs> Super Trucker. What's up, man? Hey. Yeah, I heard that. I was like, uh-oh, did I hang up? Yeah, I was like, wait, wait, wait. Hold on a second. Yeah. Gets you a little out. Yeah, I was, uh, I was out sick Monday. Uh, I'm still fighting this cold. I, I just swallowed my last uh, cough drop before coming on the air, so hopefully I can power through it here well monday was a holiday so fortunately you didn't even have to the last last one last one yeah <laughs> you didn't have to take that you know take that by the way in your downtime have you gotten any further in tears of the kingdom look i'm getting all these logistics pe- people adults to admit that they've been playing the game <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i I, uh, I unlocked the um uh the lightning temple the other night and i was like okay this is a good time to pause so yeah. i'll get back into it uh you know over the weekend well i'll warn you after you do the regions there's like only they're they're long quests but there's only like two quests so you're you're Mm. gonna do the one after that and then it's like or no there's three quests it's longer than breath of the wild but like now we have to dial back because we're at the point where it's like okay we could go end the game but nah, no not yet too soon how how much of the underground do you have mapped out not much but you don't have to do much of it you don't have to do much of it you just have to do the temples that are down there in order to advance to the final so that's that's so that's so fun though just create your little hover bike and oh yeah of course of course well that's That's, what we gotta get most of my time in the game (laughs) <laughs> well, well, hey, you know, the, the Dark Beast Ganon of, of trucking, the PSYOP mm. in trucking, the driver shortage in that 80,000 number. Play these clips right now. Sound According up. to the American Trucking Association, the U.S. needs more than 80,000 truck drivers. The American Trucking Association says it is down about 80,000 drivers right now. In this historic trucker shortage again which now sits at 80,000, according to the American Trucking Association. Wow, a lot of parrots on the news. You know where they're getting this number from? They're getting it from a driver shortage update 2021. Show this graph right here. They put out a report, the ATA in 2021, that said the truck driver shortage will hit historic high of 80,000 drivers. And in fact, it is so bad, Justin, it is so bad, this trend line, that we will be short 160,000 drivers by 2030. But guess what? This isn't even a new thing. Guess what? All the way back in 2005, I found this article, the first report that the ATA put out. And at the time, they said the United States is experiencing a national shortage. Keep that chart up that shows the the numbers. Keep the one up. Yeah, because this is relevant here. It says right here, the national, this is 2005, mind you. They say national shortage, 20,000 truck drivers, Justin. 20,000 short. But if we don't do anything about it, guess what's going to happen by 2014? We're going to be short 111,000 drivers. Now, this chart jumps forward a little bit, and it sure looks like we're not short 100,000, 111,000 drivers. But what is the ATA still saying here? As you look at this chart, they said it's 80,000. This year, it's supposed to be 97,000, Justin. 
<laughs> oh, right. freight race must be going through the roof then if we're that many drivers short. Well, you know, and then Craig is that the, Fuller. Is that, the, is that the case? Well, Craig Fuller took a little umbrage with this, and he said, the trucking industry is not currently experiencing a driver shortage. In fact, the opposite is happening right now. There is a massive capacity glut not the shortage. There is no such thing as a perpetual driver shortage. That is a complete misunderstanding of our industry. And if you want a little proof, before I talk to you, just let's look at a couple charts here, right? Look at this one area. Outbound tender rejects in the United States of America. They are at, what, 3.2%. That means that 96.79% of contracted loads are getting picked up. There's no ice cream sitting on the docks. Why is that happening and what is happening? Well, if you look at the truckload index seven-day average... All of that right there, those rejections that are due to capacity, show us the next one. These spot rates here, you're seeing us all the way down to 222. Nice little bump from Memorial Day, but way down from that hill. Does this look like a driver shortage? And if it doesn't look like to a driver shortage, let's look at this next chart here, Justin. This is about total fleet counts. All right, how somehow will fleet counts have the largest climb up ever? They did so without drivers in the trucks. Is this what they're trying to tell us, Justin? No, they're chasing the money. Um, like Craig said, they, there's a lot of money tied up with these training programs. If they can lobby their local, state, and federal governments to, you know, pass, uh, you know, bills to fund trucking schools and stuff, it's a it's a it's a faucet that never shuts off. As I said, well, what happens too is I think that a lot of times in the media, and I have a little inside baseball here, being inside the media, there's a journalist and they'll go, "I want to write," or their publisher will say, or their editor will say, yeah. "You need to write an article about the driver shortage. Why don't you go cover that?" I've been hearing about a driver shortage. They will go on Google or maybe even ChatGPT if they're even lazier. They'll go on Google. They'll type in driver shortage, and the first thing that pops up when you type that into Google is that eighty thousand number. Right? Do they challenge it? No. It just gets parodied in every single yeah. article. It doesn't even need to be write an article about the trucking shortage. It could just be write an article about trucking. So what do they do? They Google trucking and then ATA is a top result. They email the ATA and the ATA says, here's your talking points. Have a good one. Um, I've kind of noticed that they're shying away from the talking from the uh, driver shortage now. Now they're going after parking shortages, which is really annoying because I actually agree with them 100% on it. So I got to like do a little more digging on where they're coming up with the parking shortage numbers. But yeah, the driver shortage has been it's almost 20 years now, 18 years now, 2005, you found that article. So yeah, they've been they've been saying this for a long time. And uh, the, the numbers are out there now. We can totally see that this is absolutely not the case. Well, Todd Spencer from Owida says they've been pumping out this stripe since the 1980s. The issue has always been retention. If you want drivers to stay, you have to treat them better, pay benefits, and working conditions matter. Now, why then? Why would we be perpetuating this number? And why would they want this number in the media? Why would they want this parroted? Why would they want this in the zeitgeist? Why would they want this front of mind? Who does the ATA represent and what would a influx of truck drivers benefit? Well, they're the American Trucking Associations. So they are represented by trucking trucking companies, not truck drivers. Mm. So it's not the drivers that are saying, hey, we're short. Um, it's actually beneficial for the driver if there's a shortage out there because you can negotiate for sure. higher, higher wages. And we see that with like individual trucking companies. You know, a fleet like Walmart was amazing to work for and still is, according to the drivers that are still there. And they brag that their number one reason that drivers leave their company is retirement. So when you have low turnover for decades, all of a sudden you have a fleet of drivers that are retiring faster than they could be replaced. You got to be creative on, you know, getting new drivers in the door. And that typically means better home time, better pay, better benefits, et cetera. 
Craig Fuller even took a somewhat aggressive stance. He said it would be in the best economic interest for the trucking industry to advertise there is a truck driver glut. Stay away because it would mm-hmm. stop new drivers from entering the market and continuing to push down rates. But that'll never happen. No, no. It, anytime rates pop up even just a little bit, there's a, there's a rush. There's a huge rush of drivers that flood the market with capacity and rates tumble down over and over and over again. Then there's a huge glut of people on TikTok selling like, hey, dispatch course, become a dispatch. <laughs> hey, make, make uh, $3 million being a dispatcher. Don't own any assets. Really? Yeah. No, or it, even it, worse. That's, that's a huge one. That, that's a huge one, too. Like the guys who were in the previous gold rush, they get out and then they turn around. And what do they say during a gold rush? Sell pickaxes, you know, or shovels. That's, that's what these guys are doing. They're, they're, shell, they're selling the shovels during a gold rush. But the no, gold no. rush never ends, even though rates are always down. Now, granted, there, it is worth pointing out, companies do suffer driver shortages. Regions do yes. suffer driver shortages. They do, companies do sometimes have challenges bringing in drivers. But there's fundamental reasons behind that, and it's not because workers do not exist. It's because conditions yep. are not good, recruiting isn't happening, or your retention is terrible. This is a business with 100% turnover, okay? Yeah, so sometimes as high as 150%. Which is wild, which is crazy to yeah. think about. Yeah. So people yeah. out uh, there, well, I just want to tell PR people out there too. PR people, if you email me one more time saying leading with the driver shortage, I'm going to block you. Just knock it off. I'm so sick of reading about your fake narrative. Yeah. Once it's, it's like the matrix. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. Um, talking points like that. If you see 80,000 and if you see the number 80,000, or if you see like a, a stock photo of a European semi in, in their article, you, you kind of know there wasn't a whole lot of thought or effort put into the, whatever they're putting out. <sighs> Probably not. Well, was there a lot of thought and effort put into this strap work right here? Let's take a look at what this guy's up to. Bro, I ain't never seen them tweaking. I would say <laughs> like this. This will look like the Grinch stole mother <laughs> Christmas. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not a lot of thought, but definitely a lot of effort. I can't, I can't rate that better than the Grinch that stole MFing Christmas. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's really good. I want to see how it does on the hills, though. Now, when you were... when or you those, were Those poor shocks. <laughs> well, no, no I, it, that's, almost, that's worse than the one I saw in uh, Chattanooga yesterday. I started the, uh, yeah. started the show with. Now, when you've been out on the road, did you bring dishes with you, or would you just like eat a McDonald's and, and throw away the whole entire bag? Yeah, no, I was terrible. I, I always just ate, ate on the road. So you have no clue how to wash dishes in a truck, do you? No, well, you can't wash dishes if you don't have dishes. So. That's true. That's a that's <laughs> galaxy brain right here. Well, for those of you who do actually have dishes, here's a little PSA. Let's take a look at this video. First off, I have my water right here, and I'm going to show y'all how I boil the water. So we have this kettle by the This brand is already too much work, Justin. Just pour it in yeah. here, fill it to the limit. Well, I li- the comments, and too, were like, girl, why are you using alkaline water? It's like, if it's boiled, it's just water. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> at, the, at that point, I would probably just be using Clorox wipes, you know? Like, this is like, she's got to bring out a tub. She's got to boil the water. Oh, she's just using I love, Clorox wipes. I love that tub that she uses. Um, I use something similar for my houseplants when I'm repotting. That would be really handy in a truck because you could put laundry in there. You could put dishes. You could put, oh, yeah. crap, like, any garbage you have. And it collapses into nothing. You can eat a lot of healthier, I, like I imagine, though, if you if you cook in the truck. Yeah, yeah, she she's definitely um, you know, she's she's not like a. So we have this little spout. She's, she's not eating like I, I was, that's for off sure. Amazon. <laughs> what is that thing? That's also gonna be in my storefront. So what it's I a, do um, is it's like a nozzle sprayer you put on your bottle. Always keep water oh. on your truck. You need it. Stay hydrated. And you just pop this on. 
and it comes out like a water faucet. I have but to I'm imagine that's, that's gotta be pretty handy if you're trying to like wash your dogs and stuff too. But I'll tell you, or your parrots. I'll tell you something though. Like I was, when I was on my road trip, it was amazing. Like how expensive fast food has gotten at some places. Like Wendy's, for example, they want like five twenty nine or five seventy nine for a freaking hamburger, like a regular plain hamburger. Uh, the chicken back, sandwich back, was like you know, seven. Back in my day, back in my day when I was on the road, it was like almost ten dollars per meal per day. So I was budgeting myself thirty dollars a day on the road if I didn't bring anything from home. So what I would try to do is bring at least a meal or oh, bring a week's or two worth of meals with me and then I could budget, you know, additional. But yeah, nowadays like one meal is like 25 bucks. No, it's wild. How is she going to rinse all this stuff all right. out? Oh, I need to dump this water. Dump it. <laughs> she she has a sink in her truck or she just like use she goes to the the restroom bathroom, fills up like a no, she's, she's just going to the window and dumping it. Alrighty. All right. I well, I think like, we get to right. We get the point. I gotta move on. So here's something you might have experienced. How about a blowout? Let's take a look at, at this truck right here. You ever have to navigate a blowout? Oh, boom. That. Oof, that's a rough one. No, that, that's, a, that's a steer tire blowout. I've had plenty of trailer tires and a couple of a drive tire blowouts, but never a steer. The steers are the worst because with the trailer tires or the drive tires, you have other tires to take the weight of the vehicle. So yeah. really, it sounds it sounds scary and it might be some debris, maybe a little bit of damage, you know, you tear up your mud flaps. But with the steer tires, if you have your hands resting inside your steering wheel incorrectly, if you're not really paying attention, you're going off the road. You're going. They're super. Ride. Like, look how lucky he is. He's lucky. There's other. There's yeah. no other vehicle there, including this truck, because it took him all the way into the lane and off to, off into the uh, the grass over there. No, they did a great. I mean, it, it looks chaotic and it absolutely is, but they did a great job maintaining control because that. Fortunately, that that's a expediter truck, so not a ton of weight on there. But yeah, if that was like a fully loaded eighty thousand pound semi, that thing would have been off the road. What do you? Is there's, there anything? There's nothing you can do to stop that. Nothing you can do. Just mitigate loss nope. and uh, yeah, and hopefully get safe you, while you're panicking. You hope you hope you hope and pray for a slow leak, not not a an exploding tire like that one. All right. Well, here do let's let, trips. How about some intentional accidents? Let's take a look at this. I got a little quiz for you. Let's roll this tape right here. Hmm. Wait, what's going on? Why is it going so fast? Uh, All right. Which do you, do you think it's gonna be? You gotta pick which trucks you think are gonna make it. Not that one. You think this will? No. 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 Oh, BMW. just barely. No. This is the wing. Bugatti. If it didn't have the wing, how about Bugatti? Ooh, Fast and the Furious Lego style, straight car. through. Lego, nah, no, it can't. Look, it's got a fin. That wing. That wing. No way. Oof. Not going to happen. <laughs> Not a chance. Nissan GT-er. Uh, the wing. Good. That wing might be trouble. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, the hood didn't even make it. Ooh, that this one, needs a that sign. That movie. That might make it, but that wing. Oh, man. Damn it. That yeah. wing is taking him out. You got to drop the Ow. spoiler. Oh, this guy. I think uh, this guy's a baby. Oh. Ooh, just well, he got a haircut. Flash box. Oh, no. Trash box. They call it a trash box. You call it a trash box. Oh, Ferrari's way too tall. No. What's a Ferrari on a Ferrari? It needs a sign. It needs a. Some of these cars look like things I'd make in Tears of the Kingdom. What engine are they using here? This is pretty slick. That'll make it. I would do this all day. Oh, that guy got it. All right, well, hey, go find Super Trucker at Super Trucker on the social media. Super Trucker, go drink some robot tussin'. If you don't have any tussin', like Bruce Rock says, pour some water in there, shake it up, pour it down your throat, more tussin'. Find me on Twitter at Timothy Thuner, FW, what the truck on all the socials. Get this show wherever you get podcasts from. Take it easy and don't be a stranger.